What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to the Engine 25 YouTube channel. My name is Brandon, and uh, pretty excited about today's episode. But uh, first, of course, if you, uh, if you like what you hear, then if you would please hit that subscribe button down below. Uh, we're also on uh, Spotify now. You can find us there. And uh, we just, I, once a week or whenever I can, I like to grab some friends together and talk about movies, and we'd love to have you. So uh, thanks for watching. And here uh, we're going to uh, get into it. This week, I've got some, uh, some old friends of mine, and we're talking, about the, uh, we're talking about Fellowship of the Ring because by the time this is, uh, this is live, uh, it will have been 20 years since The Fellowship of the Ring came out in theaters. Uh, December 19, uh, 2001. Uh, so yeah, so that's pretty, pretty cool. It's now 2021. So if you know, there's a two in there that was a zero before, uh, and it's, you know, so, um, Adam is a, uh, really good friend of mine. I've known longer or no, no. Did I know you? No, I lo I, I met you right, like shortly after this came out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, uh yeah the year after i think we met about when two towers came out yeah because we, we we went i know we went to see return of the king together um to yes, the two towers we watched on dvd at your house um but yeah yeah so this uh i've known known adam for about as long as this movie has existed uh how you doing adam what, what's what's going on much in Vogue when we met it was it was kind of the it was kind of the thing you know what i mean like um, it would, it had been a couple of years since the last star Wars movie. Uh, the, the, the matrix had, had faded away before the sequels came back around and brought that back. So yeah, like Lord of the Rings was kind of a big deal at this point in time. Um, and, uh, I got, I got Chris here. Who's a, uh, a gaming buddy who, uh, we used to, uh, fly, fly some spaceships around at the, at the, on the table at the game shop. Yes, we um, did. how are, uh, how are you doing, Chris? Doing great, man. I'm very excited about this. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, Me getting, uh, too. being able to, to talk about it with people and kind of discuss some of the things I, that come to my attention, you know, I'm really happy to do it. So thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you uh, you guys uh, letting me uh, nerd out with you for a little bit. Absolutely. I, I appreciate you being here. And I, I will say, I don't, you know, I post uh, on social media uh, blast messages for, to, to see, you know, it's, it's, does anyone want to be a guest on a show if I talk about this movie? And I don't often get responses. I usually, I, you know, I contact my guests directly most of the time. And both of you guys were, like, enthusiastic about, hey, I want to do that. So yeah. that's pretty cool. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, do you. Do you remember going to the movie theater to see the movie? Uh, is that my, um, uh, Chris, I'll go, I'll go to you first. Uh, I had just moved here from uh, Kentucky in the beginning of 2020, and um, so I was still uh, to from beginning of 2020. Yeah, uh, I was uh, 2020, uh, 2000. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, 20 years. I was like, I, so yeah, I met you before so, that. Yeah, let's try this again. So uh, to uh, middle of 2000 or early 2000, I moved here, uh, from Kentucky to here, and I still get to know the area. Um, but I was working in the Dunwoody area for with a at a restaurant. Cool. And uh, I remember getting off work the, uh, that Friday and then going straight to the movie theater over by Perimeter Mall in Atlanta. 
um, that and seeing it there and was just absolutely just blown away. Um, but it was it was one of those midnight uh, things. So yeah, I got off work at eleven uh, and nice. Yeah, I w- went to the midnight showing, which was like all this new in vogue stuff that hadn't happened before. How and, how old were you at the time? If I if uh, I might ask. Uh, see, I was twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, yeah. And Adam and I were both in middle school. <laughs> I am we're, considerably older. Yes, that's all good. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to call you out, but oh, but, no, not but at all. also, um, not at all. Uh, what about you? Do you remember going to see this? Uh, the first movie. Um, I do remember going to see it. I don't remember if we saw it near opening or not. Um, at the time, w- my family didn't go to a movie on opening day unless it was like Star Wars. Mine really didn't either. Yeah. Yeah, like Star Wars, or if it was like the Will Smith movie that came out on the 4th of July every year for a while. Like, <laughs> That's true. Movies that we went to on opening day. Um, but I'm pretty sure, I know we saw it in theaters, and it was probably close to, because didn't it release on or near Christmas? That did, yeah, December 19th. It's usually like yeah, right, yeah, right, right around a week before Christmas Day, is what, like or like the Friday right. before, basically. Right, right. Or, yeah, we're talking about it right Wednesday. When it, um, so we probably went on Christmas. Cool. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad my dad took us because he was a big Lord of the Rings fan. And I hadn't read the books yet. I was just a Harry Potter fan at the time. So um, my it's it, it's I'm glad you mentioned that. My dad was a, a big Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit book fan at the time. Oh, you know, I should have pulled it out. Do I? Can I get to it? The not in 2001. I was in. I want to say fifth grade yeah it would have been fifth grade for christmas my dad gave me this big like boxed multi-volume uh set of the novels it had the hobbit and the three lord of the rings books in it um and now yeah i'm gonna get it because i'm i it might not show because i got my black my background blurred out but give me just a second um so Uh, he was a big fan, and what what basically what happened was he found out they were making the movie. Get my headphones back on in case you guys reply. Um, he he found out they were making the movie, and then he had this uh, this idea to give me the books and make me read the books. Will you, are you will you show them? Come on, it's a it's a really cool, and I still have it, and it's all right. Um, I uh. It's not going to work. There it is. Well, you can see that. Will you show the cover? No, it really doesn't want to show the covers. But, um, yeah, so that's 20 years old now. Uh, So my dad bought that for me to read so he could take us to uh, to see the movie the year, you know, this this would have been the year before the movie actually came out. Um, I don't read. Uh, I did read. Heck, I did read them. Uh, but I didn't quite get through the end of Fellowship before the movie came out. I just don't read very fast. And back then we had stupid reading tests. You know, you had to read a list of, you had to choose from a list of certain books or whatever, and it used up all my reading time. Um, but yeah, so I read The Hobbit, and then I got about two thirds of the way through Fellowship of the Ring before the movie came out. Um, I adored the movie. But then I did that uh, that lazy thing, and then decided, all right, I don't need to finish this book. And then I went I went directly over to the Two Towers, which I did read before the movie. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I uh, it would have been pro. It's like the week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, 
It's my uh, we we didn't go we we certainly didn't go opening day, but yeah, like probably right after Christmas, couple of days. Uh, my dad was uh, he just said you wanna you wanna go see Lord of the Rings? It's supposed to be pretty good. Um, and I said yeah, that sounds great. And um, I watched. It it took a while to come out on DVD, but I remember like my grandmother took me to the store to get uh, to buy it on DVD the next summer. Uh, before before my parents got home from work that day or whatever, my uh, my grandma came over, uh, took me to Walmart because I couldn't. <laughs> we were too young to drive, um, and then I probably watched Fellowship of the Ring like literally once a week between getting that DVD and when the Two Towers came out in theaters. Like probably like, and it's a three hour movie, you know. And this is before you know, the at that point would have been the theatrical cut, obviously. But it, you know, it's a three hour movie that I probably sat down and watched an average of once every seven days for the five months or whatever until the sequel. Um, and I can't even really say that I have done that with like star Wars, even like, you know, like it's um, Lord of the Rings definitely had a very profound effect on me. Um, what uh, do you remember? How do you remember your uh, how you felt about it? Like you know, it's it's hard to remember specific things twenty years ago, and at this point, it's clouded by all the, you know, dozens of times I've watched it since. But like, do you remember how you felt about it way back? Chris, go first. Yeah, I was blown away. Um, I, I, um, my dad, very similar to you. I mean, my dad got me into the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit at a younger age. Uh, the Hobbit was originally written in nineteen thirty seven on a. Uh, on a sixth grade reading level. So I read it uh, in sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. I was a little right. bit. Yeah, I was, it was in. fifth, fifth grade. I want to say is when he gave me that big set. I just showed you. And, but he always had the books around though. Um, right. I, in fact, uh, that set that you have that you were holding in your hand, I think he had something similar, but, uh, uh, but 10, 15 years beforehand. Yeah. It's, it it's, like it's exactly there's um, the books aren't illustrated, but the covers right. are like, like, John, like uh, John Howe, Alan Lee mm -hmm. art, you know, and those are the um, the big artists that inspired a lot of the artwork in the in the movies. You know, they were drawing Lord of the Rings decades before the movies came out, and that's you know that's kind of why Peter Jackson hired them to design his movie, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah and yeah, it's he, the it's like watercolors on yeah. a watercolor painting on the cover of this box set. Yeah, I remember very distinctly that the Alan Lee paintings on the side of the uh, of it, and then on the on the covers and all that. So I remember that vividly, and they were all they were just always in the house. We I always had them, so I always had access to them. And uh, so I got to I read that, and then I read in high school, you know, the Lord of the Rings. It took me forever because I'm not a, I'm a, I like to read, but I'm a very slow reader. I want to get every word and understand everything, and it being such a much di more difficult read because uh, the old joke with Tolkien is every blade of grass has a name. <laughs> and so you have to kind of remember all of this stuff as you're going through everything, but being able to see uh, things come direct from page because all you have is mental image, or if you watched any of the uh, the the animated ones that came out in '77 and '79, you know, uh, you have these I ideas of what everything should look like. But the one Peter Jackson uh, brought this out, and the first thing you see, you know, is uh, th that you that you ha you have a vivid memory with is Gandalf looking exactly the way Gandalf should look. You know, uh, that's the, the big pointy hat and the big gray, you know, burlap sack, you know, that he was wearing or whatever. It was just one of those things. You're like, wow, that that that's exactly how I remember how I should how that should look. 
and then and then then you see you know uh, Frodo again, you know, big eyes, hair all over the place, you know, just exactly the way that that he was described in the book. There he is, and I'm just sitting here going, oh, "This is really cool," you know. Um, so I, 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 my initial reaction to it was I was just I was enamored with it. I fell in love with it all over again, and I, I probably watched it two or three times in the theater, you know, that same year, but before it it, it, it I I tried to get someone to take me again, but even though, like you know, my my dad really liked the movie, but it's difficult to get him to go to the theater the first time. Um, so, uh, you just go, going to sit through a three hour movie again shortly after seeing it the first time, um, isn't something that my parents like to do. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, yeah, so I, I saw it that first time right after Christmas, and then I waited six months or eight months or whatever. Uh, go, go, what were you going to say, Adam? I, I want to say my dad took me at least twice in the theaters because that was the first time that my dad was the fanboy for something. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, I felt that way, too. And like, my my dad was really excited about this, you know, and I liked the book, you know, as much as much as I like reading anything that I'd, I had, had read at that point, you know what I mean? Like, but it was, no, like, yeah, it's, um, I really, interesting, remember, I, like, you know, I was in the Boy Scouts, um, and then every, every Monday night, uh, my dad would pick me up, uh, or drive me and pick me up to the Boy Scouts, uh, and then we would, like, go to the convenience store and pick up milk or something on the way home, and, you know, I just, like, really, I really clear memories of, like, just sitting in the front seat, talking to my dad about Lord of the Rings, like, um, you know, as I was reading through that first book, and then even shortly after the movie came out, you know, it was just like, um, and he was, he was the one who had introduced me to Star Wars, and, you know, they, I had an older brother, uh, Doug's met my brother, you know, he's, he's six years ahead of me, so, um, when I was a kid, he was already, he was already into his teenage years, and my parents weren't that strict about what he could watch, right, but it was also difficult to prevent, me and my younger brother from watching the things that my oldest brother was watching. Right. If that makes sense. You know, so he was showing my older brother like alien and Terminator, the, and like the Godfather, these movies that he really liked when he was in his twenties. Um, and we, I, you know, we were all at home watching all of them. Uh, you know, my dad is the one who took me to see Jurassic park was like, you know, I was probably, I was four years old when Jurassic park came out and I, I told it on the show before, but like, we lied to my mom and said we were going to see that animated Batman movie, Mask of the Phantasm, because she didn't want me to see the to go see the scary dinosaur movie. Um, and then, yeah, and that's really kind of determined my career path. You know, like I wanted to be involved in filmmaking or like technology related to filmmaking as long as I can remember. Be basically because I went to a theater once and I saw a dinosaur and I wanted to do I wanted to make movies with dinosaurs. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Lord of the Ring, or uh, certainly Jurassic Park, and then Star Wars, I first saw when I was six or seven uh, with, you know, it's my dad. We, they, he bought the box set and he put in the tape and said, basically said, hey, watch this. You're going you're gonna to think it's really cool. And then, you know, that's, uh, that's, how, that's why I love Star Wars and that's why I love Lord of the Rings. Awesome. Um, hmm. what do you what's your what's your favorite part of the movie if you can if you can pick one uh adam i'll go to you this time uh the first 20 or so minutes 
of the theatrical version. Um, I guess, well, maybe not the first 20 minutes, but like the, the 20 minutes after Frodo leaves with the ring. So like okay. the second 20 minute block or so. Right. And that's because nothing on this planet gets me in the mood to sit down with my, my D&D handbook and want to roll dice than like them running from the Nazgul through the forest. Yes. And them run, walking up to the, to the gate at Bree where they knock on the door and the guy opens it up. And he's like, what's your business? He's like, we're at the inn. We're going to the inn. Our business is our own. He's like, hold on, no offense. It's my job to ask questions after dark. There's talk of strange folks about. And like, that is the most RPG line. It really is. Yeah. And like, the reason it's the most RPG line is because Tolkien wrote it and everybody copied him. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the foundation of everything. But like that, it's that's after that, after they leave Bree, then it becomes the adventure of the ring bearer and so on. But mm -hmm. when they get up, up until they get to Bree, it's just them being in Middle Earth. And it's just, just really living their lives. Yeah. It's, it's the richest that you see Peter Jackson's Middle Earth until maybe you hit Edoras. Like that's the next time you start to see people being right. people in Middle Earth. That's right. fair. Because the elves don't count. <laughs> elves are weird. Yeah. Um, what, what about you, Chris? If you could pick uh, like a, a scene or a chunk of the movie that you really like. Yeah. So, so going back to, to what he was saying there, uh, he's 100% right. Now, you're knocking uh, at the door at the Prancing Pony, and he's like, well, my business is my own. It's like the first thing I thought of, because I've been a D&D &D player for years as well, I was like, wow, that little halfling just rolled a nat 20 on his charisma roll. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of. And like, that, that was awesome. Like, like he was, he was kind of sassy, except that the guy, like, didn't question. He was just like, all right, cool. He's like, okay, cool. Go for it, little man. I mean, like, that I just thought I'd busted out laughing. And I will, I, I will point out that the reason I like D&D &D so much is mostly because of, uh, pointing the wrong way, because of this guy. Uh, Adam really got me into uh, tabletop gaming in college. Yeah. I loved, I mean, I, I didn't start with D&D &D until I got out, out of college. Um but uh, I loved it all the same. But my favorite part of the movie was right after his was uh, was Weathertop. Um, when you first start seeing what evil really looked like in Jackson's mind, you know, the hooded cloaked figures with that were kind of like effervescent or, or whatever the word is, where they're kind of like they're, they're, they're kind of peeling off and you're yeah. very, very fluid and, and very uh, malleable and just, you know, uh, and then when he puts the ring on, you're seeing what the two different sides look like uh, with with the ring on and off. I just uh, but the, the weather topic, you could really tell that's the real beginning of the hero's journey, if you want to think of it that way. And uh, was just what was was uh, really really engulfed with that, and just really just thought, wow, okay, this is cinematography, cinematographically, that's hard to say. <laughs> really, really, really well done. So I uh, was just out. That was the hook, you know. Um, yeah, and that it's a probably the first like real action scene in the movie. You know, like it's that's not to you know not to say the movie's slow, but it's like you know, like Adam said, the first the first chunk of the movie after that prologue is just people living their lives. You know, right. and it's mostly. In that part, it's up until then. It's mostly hobbits, and hobbits live very simple, very quiet existence. You know, despite this vast world that's around them, and you know, in their even 
even when Sauron isn't trying to take over the world, you know, there are there are kings and armies and gold mines and any number of amazing things. But no, these are just happy people living in their little corner um, until their until their whole world gets disrupted. Yep. Um, and the the movie kind of it's very slow ramp up until you know that's like like you said it's the first time that we really see what evil is really like in this world right. um and it's also you know it's the first time that the the hobbits have really encountered anything like that before you know they they have that that brief moment with the nazgul where they're hiding under the tree and right. they're like right. very clearly something isn't right about this thing but you know they don't really get it until Frodo gets stabbed on Weathertop, and they're, you right. know, it's kind of, right. that's the big turn. It like, oh shit, something's really going on here. Um, yep. I, I probably would have to say, like, I really like the development stuff with with the one, you know, the the I like I really like the the council scene up through probably Moria, where where Gandalf falls. Um, you know, that's that first. Uh, or that's probably 30, 30 to 45 minutes. It's a significant amount of time. And, but we get, we get a lot of time with each character. They each, everybody has a moment, you know, there's the, the scene where they're Boromir's teaching them how to fight. And then they get, you know, they, they get snooped on by the, by Sauron's birds. And then they go up the mountain and Boromir has that moment where he's holding the ring. It's just like, this is this tiny little thing. Why, you know, why does it matter so much? And it's, and then we go into Moria, which is just all around, awesome just um to touch so it's it's well designed it's well paced uh ian mckellen gave an oscar nominated performance uh like basically sitting on a rock talking to frodo so you know it's um if i were to pick any you know in, as, as specific as i can be it's probably moria uh is my my favorite piece of the movie um and you know it's, it's traveling through the darkness and then the the big fight scene and then the balrog which is still one of the coolest things that's ever been put in a movie before uh that's true. that yeah. it is no it's true and it's it looks really good if you if you if you ever get a chance to watch the 4k version it's uh because the fire effects on the balrog are actual fire yeah. you know like the there's there's cgi obviously but like the um you you it's the the new 4k version that i actually probably recommend uh, it's got a really crisp transfer. I think it looks, it's miles better than the Blu-ray version. Like I would rather rewatch my DVD, my old DVDs than put in the Blu-ray because I don't think the Blu-rays look very good. Um, and this is exactly a thing that I promised we wouldn't touch on. We talked about it in the pre-show, <laughs> but no, yeah, like the the Balrog on the 4K version looks like even more dope than it ever has. Yes, I loved the, the Balrog scene. Uh, I thought it was uh, uh, one of those things that, that you see it for the first time and you and you automatically know what's happening. You I mean you you're, you're you're taken there. The but the, me being the 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 purest, if you will, Balrogs don't have wings. They're 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 cloaked in darkness and cloaked in fire, but they don't in the books they don't have wings. There's no. Are you sure? There's something like like he spread spread. I mean, and you probably you probably read it more recently than I have. But like, there there's a moment like where it's like it spreads its arms wall to wall, or like wings or something. I thought it was wings. Yeah, the the darkness. Uh, if I can get the, the 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 lyric right or the the words right, the darkness spread behind him like it was like the wings uh, blocking out sun, is 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 basically how it was saying. So 
Um, but uh, but I mean, it, it was one of those things. I'm like, but they don't have like. But you get over that really quickly by watching how it interacts with Gandalf oh, yeah. and how it moves and how fluid it was and how you know as weird as it is to say lifelike it was um you, you realize that that you you stepped into a real fantasy setting that had a, a real a, a bigger meaning than every than, than than just being on the surface you know um, and up until um, yeah. that point in the movie most of the evil was at least from an appearance point of view very subtle you know there's something right. very disconcerting about the nazgul but that could just be a guy in a cloak for for all we know really you know there's so there's some kind of magical presence you know like the the insects and stuff tried to run away from it when they were under the under the log but you know like and we get a little bit of uh, a monster with the the watcher of the water mm -hmm. uh, and then we get the goblins right. which are um you know a little bit on the gross side but it's just like the the Balrog comes out and is like, okay, there is some really ancient evil in this world that is right. still around, and if you go looking in the wrong place, you're going to stumble on something that you don't want to find. Well, and, and pacing, okay. I mean, obviously this this isn't just the movie; this is the story in general. But pacing wise, it comes right after the cave troll, yep. which that's the first thing that you see in the movie. I mean, besides the washing the water, but there's the cave troll where it fights them and it's just raking through everybody and then they finally bring down the cave troll and you're like holy cow that was yeah ridiculous. like how did, how did we beat but this these thing dudes are bad. Yep. like yeah these, these guys are awesome they can handle anything and then you go down the hallway a little bit and gandalf's like this foe is beyond any of you <laughs> uh we should we should run away we should yeah. we should go now um, what, what i love about it is that the way that they they made everything look like the, the orcs and the goblins are grotesque. You know they're going to be evil or you know they're going to be bad or whatever. Or even with the cave troll, now you have big and ugly and bad and, and all that. But when it gets to the Nazgul, um, there's something a little bit different about them. There's a magic to them. Or um, or with the, the the Balrog, you know there's something ancient and magic. There's something, there, it's like you're seeing evil uh, or, or bad on several different levels. But what really cool, what's cool about it is that you're looking at, at the way that Tolkien wrote magic in a completely different way. Whereas like um, if you see like, like in a Harry Potter movie, you know, magic is with a wand and with some words and his hat flips up or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And there's, there's Where, colored light and then something happens. Color, like, yeah. Whereas you see, you know, Gandalf basically blowing on a, on a stone and it, and, and it lights up or he starts quoting an incantation, you know, I'm the keeper of the sacred flame and, you know, flame of Udun and stuff like that. You're seeing it on a more global level, or like, well, like with uh, Sauron at the top of the of, of the of, of the tower, you know, doing his uh, doing his incantation to the birds and all to the Watchers and all. You're seeing magic look in a completely different way that's never been shown on uh, on screen before, and I thought it was really really cool. Um, and the the subtlety, like, is very smart, you know. And I yes. don't. That is a. It's certainly that way in Tolkien, but you know, also. Uh, Peter Jackson could have leaned a little too heavy <laughs> on some of the magical elements, and he like, for the most part, the Lord of the Rings trilogy gets really restrained. I would I would say less so in the Hobbit movies, but you know the 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 more time, the more distance between now and the Hobbit movies, the more I it's kind of like to a degree the Star Wars prequels. It's like they're just the movies now. You know I appreciate them more now than I did when they were new, 
True. So you know that that just is what it is. But uh, uh, Martin Freeman is is just a, a joy to behold, and I'll you know I'll st I'll stand on that hill for until I die. Um, but what uh, do you have a favorite character? Like my my favorite character in Lord of the Rings is Gandalf, like top to bottom. But yeah. do you, um, any uh, specific persons you'd like to call out in Lord of the Rings, Adam? Uh, so originally as a kid. Um, Gimli was my favorite because he was hilarious and awesome. Because That's true. These are all true things. Like that. Yes. But as an adult, specifically with the extended version, because he's totally shafted in the theatrical version, Boromir is my favorite character. Because in the theatrical version, he's just the dude who gets corrupted and he's kind of, you know, chintzy and he wants to steal the ring and he's kind of a douchebag. But <laughs> when you're not wrong. He gets like two or three extra scenes that. It's like no, actually, Boromir's a really cool guy. That's and, that, that's like, probably my favorite scene that got that is added. Like there isn't, mm -hmm. I would argue, and we can talk about this in more detail if you like. But like I would argue the extended version of the Fellowship of the Ring, like it's mostly action beats that get put back in. You know, there I wouldn't argue there is much new stuff of substance until Two Towers and Return of the King extendeds, and that you know in each of those movies they add like an hour, but like the yeah, like the there's certainly there's dialogue between Boromir and Aragorn that takes place in Lothlorien in the extended version that's not in the theatrical, and it really is like no, this guy really just wants what's best for his people, and it's not yeah. it's not his fault that he's weak. You know, this is a it's just a thing. Yeah. It's a thing about humans that they are easily corruptible. Yeah. Um, you know, he's really he wants to protect his his people, and that's you know good on him. Yeah, well, and that, that whole conversation is cut down to, like, two lines each in the theatrical version. Yeah, big and time. It's just, and, it just, and it just makes Boromir look weaker because it's it's the end of that short conversation where he starts to break down because he wants to see home and wants to save home, etc. So you don't see the rest of Boromir being good. And even, like, you mentioned action beats earlier on when he's teaching Merry and Pippin how to fight. That goes a few beats longer in the extended version. It does, yep. Exactly right. In the, in the theatrical, he's, he's teaching him how to fight, and then the birds show up. Whereas in the extended, he's teaching him how to fight, and then he accidentally like steps on one of the hobbits or something, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And then and they, they, they dump pile him. Yeah. Exactly. And then you see him like fall on the ground laughing, like while they're tackling him. And it's it's those little character beats that if you just added, you know three more minutes of movie to the theatrical version, then a lot of us who didn't watch the extended version for years wouldn't have just gone through most of our lives thinking Boromir's just a douchebag. Right. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, fair. that's one of the things I was thinking as well is like they really cut him so much that, that you knew, I mean, you knew halfway through he wasn't, I mean, I mean, you, if you hadn't read the books, you knew he was going to be gotten rid of by the end of the movie anyway. Because they didn't spend any time developing that character any more than him just being the, the son of the steward, you know. Uh, but we're uh, in the the extended version that came out in two thousand two, or in the the real extended version that came out in 06, You know, the the four disc set that adds like an hour, hour and a half, whatever of of of, of edit. So that's where you get all the character study stuff. But they did it with with Boromir. They did it with uh, more with Strider or um, Aragorn. They did it more with uh, even with 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 uh, with with uh, Arwen and all that, you know, they, they added a lot more of those character beats to it. Of course, you're going to have a lot more of that action as well, but it just made it really more of a, of a cohesive story. Wow. 
that that's that's true you know and i haven't for years and years now as far as i'm concerned the extended versions of these movies are the only ones that exist yeah so like i haven't done a whole lot of thinking about the differences between them in some times you know so i looked up just a couple of bits like and i i had that most like really like all this stuff with boromir wasn't in that version that's crazy and it no it's it's because yeah yeah it's and he's he's set up almost like a villain in the theatrical version and that's not the case like he's it's denethor is his father is just a terrible human being top to bottom but uh Boromir, Boromir really is not, you know, and you know, Boromir has a, as you learn later, he has a lot of respect for his little brother that nobody else seems to, you know, like, but Boromir is a, he, you know, he's a perfectly nice guy that has, you know, he's just, it's a little, little too thirsty. Agreed. Yeah. Well, that was, that was another scene that was added in the extended version of, uh, I guess it was, it was either two towers or return of the King where you see, um, Boromir and Boromir together. That's not in the theatrical. It's not. No, yeah, that, that that's in, it's in the, the extended version of the two towers, yep. um, yeah. and it was actually that's the first appearance of Denethor actually, because uh, he, he 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 has a short a sh- short bit in that scene before he comes into the Return of the King a little bit longer. But right. no, yeah, like there's, um, and again, you know, you know, I don't I don't do a lot of thinking about the theatrical versions anymore because as far as I'm concerned, basically the extendeds are the only ones that exist. But. Um, I'm, 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 I guess I'm the outlier on the on the movie nerds who actually like Lord of the Rings, and that's the Lord of the Rings movies because I didn't watch the extended until probably two or three years ago when I bought them on Amazon. I bought the because they had them on sale for the right. the digital version for really for really cheap. Yeah. So I grabbed those and sat down and finally actually watched the extended version. I, for most of the twenty years since it came out, I only ever watched the theatrical. Right. So, um, yeah, I was that, working at Best Buy at the time when the, the, the extended versions came out, you know, the, the big book versions, you know. Yeah, and I, I got them downstairs. I, uh, I got the one that had the, 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 the Argonath, you know, the, 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 the book stands and all that as well. Yeah. And, uh, I, I uh, wanted I that one, except one. that one was like a hundred bucks when it came out. Oh, yeah, and like it the, was, and the, I paid it and I, yeah. it was worth every penny to me. You know, I mean, and, you know th- these days I'm not, I'm not one to scoff at, prices of collectibles but you know like yeah. the my my parents were already wondering you already uh you already own this movie why is this version another 50 dollars <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. just shut up and i, I took i mean I, I bought the one that came out in 2002 you know and and once the one in 2006 came, i gave that one to my dad you know because you know and and he watched it on a regular basis so you know so it, it, it got its money's worth um Hmm. Any, we're it's little, little going a little over a half hour. Any other, anything else you want to talk about? Um, how do you, how do you think Fellowship of the Ring compares to the other two films? Uh, Chris, you go first. So the 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 the, the first movie, the, the the Fellowship of the Ring, is is your character study. It is it's it's you getting to know all of, of the of the characters that are in the fellowship you know all the supporting characters like the arwens and the Saruman's and stuff like that and getting just kind of putting the little dabs of of who they are in there so you're really not getting the full you know taste of them uh, until really until the, the the middle of two towers 
uh, where everything starts really coming to the crescendo. Now you're, you're seeing the hero's journey uh, uh, coming from, you know, Frodo, even though, uh, even though you don't expect it with Samwise at the end as well, you see Gandalf, you see, you know, Aragorn, you know, all becoming you know, into these, into these immaculate people. Um, so it's, it's a little bit slower to me than the, than the rest of them, but it, it does so on purpose. Uh, it, it, it never loses that, that, that purpose of trying to get to introduce you and get you not only familiar with, but, you know, siding with Frodo and, uh, and Bilbo in some cases and, 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 and Samwise and, and, and Mary and all, it, it wants you to really become it, almost like it wants you to be the, the, the 10th member of the fellowship, you know, uh, it wants you to kind of, and go on this journey with them, but you're only seeing it in bits and pieces. Whereas in, in the, the uh, in, in the extended, you get a lot more of that. Uh, but it's really a character expose until about halfway through uh, uh, two towers where uh, you, we get Gandalf white. Right. You know, and that's when the, you know, the, the, the heat of what's really coming up, you know, like there's a war coming and that's when, you know, the second half of the two towers is when that really picks up. Yep. Um, what, yep. what about you, Adam? Do you, do you have a favorite of the three movies or like, how do you think this one compares to the other two? Uh, it is so hard to pick a favorite. From yes, them. it is. I love all three, but I think two towers is probably my favorite and fellowship is a close second. Um, and I think part, uh, a large part of that is because both of those movies, Two Towers and Fellowship, are the two that I have a specific purpose for in my life. When I want to get into a D&D mood, I watch Fellowship. And when I want to paint miniatures, I watch Two Towers. Excellent. Like that's, it's just like the sound background of it. I don't know what it is about them, but those two movies make me want to know those two things. It's Treebeard. It, that's what it is. It's Treebeard. It's Treebeard, yeah. Treebeard <laughs> and just and just of Urukai. Tree. Oh tree. God! Do you? Uh, I mean the the the. I mean it's it's just so hard to pick. Like you you mentioned the two towers. Like and I was about to, but like, do you remember how friggin' cool it was the first time you watched Helm's Deep? Like that's probably why it's still my favorite of the trilogy. Yeah, it's like it's it's so like, good. Like it's, Helm's, Helm's Helm's Deep happened, and it was the coolest fantasy slash sword and shield warfare scene in cinematic history yeah and then like they spent the entire time between helm's deep and uh return of the king hyping up how much cooler minister the battle with minister is yeah. gonna be and then it wasn't i mean it was awesome <laughs> oh yeah. also, it is also a great battle but it is not what what gets me about that is, and I'm right along the same lines as Adam here, is the first time you see the, the the Battle of Helm's Deep, you're just blown away at the scale of it. Like, how in the world did they do this? I mean, I mean, you, you how did how did they convince someone to pay for this? I just it, it was it, like, it, and it, even it, more it, like, it, like I am these days, like I am more familiar with the nuts and bolts of filmmaking as I ever was. It's like if. Like there, there's no way this movie happens in 2021. Like there's like no, no one would take like if 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 the Lord of the Rings movies had never happened, like no one would take about like maybe maybe if Game of you know Game of maybe because of Game of Thrones they would make this, but like Lord of the Rings probably had a. Uh, I'm sorry, go. Been made by Game of Thrones. 
was like Game of Thrones would never have been made without Lord of the Rings. And that's probably Very fair. Like this, this, I, I, I don't think like any this any this per, uh, film executive in their right mind would uh, green light well, the Lord of the Rings uh, today uh, if it had never happened before. I think what was it? The story behind it was that New Line was essentially about to go out of business, so this was their like hail mary pass, yeah. to, like dump as much money as into it. But to your point that this would never get made again or today, well, I mean, look, they tried. They tried to do it with The Hobbit, and they literally cut all of the corners that made Lord of the Rings as special as it was right. as a movie. Yeah. Like, that's that's part of what killed it, killed the, the mood and just the Hobbit movies for me was that everything that made Lord of the Rings special, what made it not just another movie, was... The attention to detail and the the real effort and love that went into it, and that was just not there in The Hobbit, at least from an outsider's perspective. I can see so. that. I I won't disagree. I will say again that I adore Martin Freeman as Bilbo. Yes. You know, and I'm not I'm not going to argue that I'm not going to argue the Hobbit movies are good movies. You know, and you can't you can't really compare them to Lord of the Rings. Right. That's just not that's not even a fair fight in any respect. But I, I really like Martin Freeman, and I just, you know, that there, oh. I, I appreciate that performance more and more as we're more separated from it. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you could tell that there's a little bit of difference uh, because uh, uh, they're, they're, you're 100 percent right. There's a heart there that didn't seem like it was fully exposed in the Hobbit movies, uh, but you could tell that that this was a passion project for. Peter Jackson when, when he originally did this, but listen to this, uh, Stanley Kubrick, Michelangelo Antononi, Jim Henson, Heinz Eidelman, John Borman. Every one of these people looked at Tolkien's book and thought this would be unfilmable. It, this, it, yes, it was, I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't have been able to list off uh, that list of names, but like there are, um, I definitely recall there being talks of there's no way anyone can make this movie. So Peter Jackson basically said, I can, but you're going to have to see things not from this lens, but you're going to see things from this lens here. Uh, He really, you know, kind of like uh, Lucas did in 77 with Star Wars. He changed the game with this one simply because he said, look, if you do this, you have to do this in the epic scale. You know, you can't do it, you know, in in a 16 by nine. It really has to be like in, in in a much more broad scale. And uh, so, and, and he made it a passion project and you could tell, and uh, it, 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 every time you look at it, whether it's on TNT or if you watch one of the, the DVDs here, if you go to the movie theater, you can tell that, that, that there is something different about these movies. Mm-hmm. It's you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's a, a great note to wrap up on. Does anyone have any closing thoughts, anything that we haven't touched on you'd like to say other than this was the moment I saw it and remains one of my favorite movies. You know, I can't, I can't decide which of the Lord of the Rings trilogy I like. I kind of just think of it as one big thing, but it's, um, it's always going to be going to hold a special place. Um, And it's also uh, available uh, to subscribers of HBO max. You know, if you're, I don't know if it's unlikely anyone's gotten this deep in this video, having not seen Lord of the Rings before, but um you will uh no yeah if you if you're you haven't seen it in a while and you want to check it out it is uh it's on hbo max uh so check you can check it out there um we are not sponsored by hbo max 
<laughs> any yeah, any any closing thoughts from either of you, uh, Adam? Uh, I mean, my closing thought, and I was thinking about this as I was setting up my camera and everything, was that I cannot thank enough Lord of the Rings because I hadn't read the books before I saw the movie. Um, I was a Harry Potter kid. I was generally a nerdy kid. I was into Star Wars and everything. Also, Harry, um, the first Harry Potter film, twenty years old this year. Yes, um, both happened in the same this yeah uh, mm -hmm. same year, but. Harry Potter is a very different kind of fantasy and would not Makes have sense. done the same things for really nerd culture in general. Um, and like, I'm blessed just like Brandon, you're blessed. Like we grew up at the tail end of like nerds, not being cool. Like Lord of the Rings kind of started to make nerds cool. Um, That's in a way true. Like nothing else ever did, but it's not a coincidence that like my one of my favorite pastimes, probably my favorite pastime, which is Dungeons and Dragons, is exploding right now. Right at the same time when like you and me, the kids, when this movie came out, finally have enough income to start buying all the books. Yeah. That that like, is probably like, absolutely true. Yeah. Harry, let's say nothing. Like Harry Potter made me want to go to Hogwarts. Lord of the Rings made me want to go off on an adventure you know grab the the contract i mean it's hobbit but like i'm going on an adventure oh, and that's why fellowship doesn't want to do that and the world would not i don't think we would see the renaissance of everything that we're seeing fantasy wise if it had not been for lord of the rings i think you're because, absolutely right because fellowship came out and the rest of the trilogy came out and that's what made fantasy vogue enough that what, 10 years later, we got Game of Thrones, and then Game of Thrones is what has made it now Super Vogue now, and I have Wheel of Time on Amazon, and D&D is, the D&D &D books are constantly on Amazon's bestseller lists. Mm -hmm. Like, the day that a new D&D &D source book drops, it's the number one seller on Amazon. Like there every it is. Time, every <laughs> time. It's, yep. it, it's a great world that we live in and that's because of this movie franchise uh well what about you chris any anything to say before we wrap up and i look at this a little bit differently lord of the rings came out published july 29th 1954 look at this, um, this guy doing his research like i'm i barely had to run a show figured out you know what i mean I, my dad was 10 when it came out you know uh, which it, it just blows me away that we're talking about something that's 70 years old that has had so much reach on everything. I mean, we wouldn't have D and D if uh, if it wasn't for that. We wouldn't have Magic: The Gathering if we wouldn't have. I mean, uh, when you have something like this that was even sung about by Led Zeppelin uh, uh, in 1971 off of on, on their fourth album, stuff like uh, you you don't understand the, the the gravity of of what you have here. There's so much source material here, and it just it took it to make this movie make it mainstream once and for all, you know, uh, we don't have, you know, I mean, uh, growing, growing up in Kentucky, when I did, we had the, the, the satanic panic of, of, of D and D and all that in the uh, late eighties, early nineties and all this, but it was all based off of this movie here of this book here. And then once this movie came out, we're like, okay, now this, this, this isn't what, what, what we said it was, this is, this is something much deeper and much there's a lot more layers to it and all that. So uh, like you were saying, it started making the epic B 
be more in vogue and you start seeing a lot more of the things that are offshoots of like the the game of thrones and the other high fantasy stuff that comes along like that i mean even with stuff like like uh critical role you know vox machina you know have all of those guys over there as well um you know all of this is all because of this one book and this one book that gave us these amazing movies I mean, it just, it, it blows my mind about the, the, the reach of these things. Uh, and it's just, uh, even 20 years later, I'm still very, very pleased and very, very in tune with, uh, with, uh, with what it brings. So I'm just, I, it's, it's just, it's, it's just mind blowing how one book, 2000 pages can change a hundred years of history. And I agree completely and i think that's a great spot to wrap it up um so thanks guys very much for uh for hanging out and uh thanks for watching everybody again if you're a fan of uh lord of the rings or you like movies and other nerd related things uh hit that like button uh hit that uh subscribe button down below um Oops, I just threw the wrong graphic. So I'm going to I'm going to keep pretending uh, that I didn't say I, I'm going to roll forward as if I didn't point it out that I just made a mistake. But uh, yeah, so hit that subscribe button down below and uh, we will see you next time. I'm looking to do uh, look out probably next week or so for a review of Spider-Man No Way Home sometime. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's, I'm going to review The Matrix Re uh, Resurrections. We'll see how that goes. And uh, thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Let's take care. Have a good night. Have a good one.